Hello and welcome to the Without a Paddle podcast, the show where we watch trash TV so you don't have to. I'm Michael Francis. I'm Alex McCall. And here we are at episode two of series two, Crossroads, which could refer to any number of characters, really. Yeah, I mean, I don't like a lot of what a lot of the characters are doing, but I'll give it this. The show has a plot now. There are actually things happening. So there you go. It's improved upon season one. And I got my wish. Pacey was involved. With the main characters, a yep. bit. Kind of wish he wasn't now. Yeah, I mean, he was still doing his own thing, but he was there. Yep. But still, let's get right down to it. So, Michael, what have we got? Today on Dawson's Creek, Jerry makes random hiring decisions, Dawson's a fucking prick, and Pacey speaks for the audience. All this and more on Without a Paddle. <laughs> So we start out in Dawson's bedroom once again, and it's actually interesting this time. Dawson and Jerry are what? Making out. Yeah, they're making out, but it's almost foreplay. Like they, they're on the bed, and it's heavily making out. The camera pans across to the TV, and the ghost of a hand goes across the screen and turns it off. Dawson and. Joey look up in surprise, and there's Dawson's parents standing there looking down, to which Dawson says, Hi guys, you've uh, met Joey. Yeah, they're acting surprised, but it almost seemed like they didn't know Joey was going in there and sleeping a lot. Yeah. But they make reference to it later in the episode, that she has been sleeping there. For years. Yeah, and they've just noticed that she probably shouldn't be anymore. Dawson not tell them that he was dating Joey. I mean, he mentioned that he was dating Jen, and then we had um, his father teach him how to kiss using the decapitated head of Katie Holmes. Which must look really weird now. To him, anyway. Jinx, is that head still in there? Well, if that head's still in there... Did... I can't remember, did he make out of the head as well? Is it just Dawson? No! He didn't make out of the head, pass it over and say, now you try. Now you try. Because if he did, and now his son is dating the... <laughs> no. Person that that no, that would be so long. <laughs> exactly. Oh my word. So yeah, um, we cut to ah! <laughs> to that horrifying image. So we come back from the title scene, and Dawson and his father are having a very important talk. I think it's about protection. I don't know. I was more distracted by the fact that his dad was walking around in a lavender bathrobe. Yeah, like. To have the sex talk, which at 16, maybe a little late. I mean, I assume that Dawson knows what sex is. I think this might be the contraception talk. Well, again, yeah. he's already had a girlfriend. Yeah, so... at 16, still pretty late. I don't think he's 16 yet. I think he's still 15. He looks 15. Anyway. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> his dad decides to have this talk wearing a striking lavender bathrobe. His chest hair poking out of it. He looks down at his son and he shouts the phrase... No love without a glove. No, I think he said, no hats, no gloves. Yeah. And then his mum corrected him to no love without, without a glove. glove. Uh, because meanwhile, 
she managed to ambush Joey, who's come to pick him up for school, and gives her a book about teenage sex? Yeah, I think so. Which she now has to carry through school. Yep. I, I really want to know the geography of this town. Like, I need a map. Because Joey Gallagher going out of her way, paddling along the river when he's got a speedboat, coming to pick him up from school, and then walking to wherever the school is, and ignoring Jen by walking right by her house. Oh yeah, Jen's still a thing. Well, at this point, Jen is still in bed. So, we're going to do the whole going through everyone's own plotline thing, but at this point, Jen is still in bed. Yes. We know this. Yeah, we basically skip today's schooling in relation to Dawson and Joey. Nothing happens. Nothing important. There's a bit of pacey coming up, but we'll discuss that later. We'll discuss everything later. Um, so we cut to Dawson and Joey are sitting in her bedroom, babysitting her baby nephew, sister. No, it's, 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 it's a sister's baby. Yeah, but it's, but a... it's a baby niece. Niece, thank you. Niece is the word. Sure. Yeah. Um, it's basically they're doing homework, a leading assignment. Uh, yep. Then uh, and they're kind of uh, cuddling, play wrestling. Yeah. Pulling each other about, I don't know. When a baby starts crying in the background. Uh, which interrupting is... their talk about how Dawson knows everything about her. It is a terrifying look into their future. But yeah, so um, while Jerry goes to sort out her niece to make sure she's okay, Dawson notices her diary sitting on the bed. And decides to read it. And what he sees in there is so terrible that he immediately gets up and leaves as soon as Joey gets back. Remember, he's the protagonist, folks. So we do find out what this terrible thing is when he goes and talks to Pacey. Do you want to guess what it is? She writes, Oh no, I hate his horror film. It is so pretentious and awful. He thinks he's full of talent and he's not. I don't think he has a future in the cinema business. Yes. So Dawson opened her private diary read this, and then got snitty about it. Stormed out. Yeah, and then continues to get snitty about it, because the next time we see them together, he asks her, hey, what do you think of my horror movie? And she's like, oh yeah, Dawson, it's great, I love you. I have to say, she's a little bit hyper than this thing, like she's bouncing back and forward, apparently showing affection or something, she just seems yeah. to be overdoing it a little. But he says something along the lines of, it's important to me that you have faith in my career as a filmmaker. Yes. He then, while interrogating her, quotes lines of her diary at her. So she works it out, and then she gets furious, and he's defending himself with, oh, but you think I'm a bad filmmaker. Yeah, somehow he still thinks he's the good guy. Yes. And this argument continues, because we next see them at her place of work. Now, previously, Andy, the awesome girl from before, who we've been calling Anne accidentally, asked if she could get her brother a job at Joey's place. Which, without even thinking, she said, yeah, sure, just come and ask for a job. Yeah, like, come for an interview. And the interview process was, have you done this sort of thing before? Yes, grab an apron. He hadn't. Uh, but in fairness, he walked up in the middle of her argument with Dawson, so she was just trying to get rid of him. So she threw yeah. him some bags and sent him on his way. And he then came back and asked her to tell her sister that he'd been hired because her sister wasn't lying her in the kitchen. Yes. So, that was interesting. Yep, but that argument really doesn't fix anything. Dawson thinks he's a good guy. Jerry's clearly in the right. Dawson storms off again. 
It also has to be said, Dawson has yet to apologize because what he says is, I'm sorry about that, but yeah. here's how good apologies go. A, you say you're sorry. B, you demonstrate that you're sorry. Now, usually this would be by never reading her diary again, but you can't just say, I'm sorry, and then go back to complaining about what you found out when you were snooping. Yeah. Yeah, it's not like she brought it up in the open. I don't think you're very good. It's not like she was trying to hurt him in any way. She wanted to prevent that a film that wasn't going very well. A film where she had to make out with Pacey. Oh, she see. didn't like. Let's talk about all the stupid things that was happening in that film. While she had a crush on him, he used it as a way to make out with Jen, had her die randomly, rewrote scenes so that Jen wouldn't have to kiss Pacey, but didn't do it when she said she didn't want to kill Pacey, had her dumped in the water several times by Pacey. Yeah. And this is creepy Pacey mind. The Pacey who said, and I quote, we should do this scene again. I enjoyed killing you. Yeah, uh, she also had to get covered in, I assume, corn syrup, where she then went and got changed by Jen. Yes, who stared at her and said, you know, you've got nice boobs. It's what only the hell? And, you know, we can tell you that being on a film set is not the most fun thing in the world. It's actually a ton of hard work and repetitive. And let's face it, I don't think either of us have been in a production where at one point we didn't want to burn it all down. Yeah. Normally, shout out the director. If you can't find him, you find each other. Yes. So, here is a quick lesson on what the average film set looks like. There's the director who's freaking out because he's in charge of all this. There's the producer who's freaking out because they're in charge of the money of all this. And then there's the departments who will be freaking out because they're in charge of everything. So, it's basically a mass freak out. While this is going on, little people will get together and complain together just to blow off steam. It is a quite a high-pressure job. Yeah, but you get your little gossip circles, and it can be a lot of fun, Oh yeah, no, as long as you know when to go back to work. Yeah, like, it's the thing. But yeah. being able to let off steam is very important, because if you can't let off steam, then you break down. And if you break down, then a small, but noticeable cog in the machine breaks down and everything grinds to a halt. And if Dawson's ego is that bloody fragile that you can't take a tiny bit of criticism. It wasn't even leveled at him. No. It was written in a diary that he was never supposed to see. But no, he can't make it in this business. This he is just why, can't. This is why we were so angry about Dawson when he was a runner on Helmets of Glory. Because he was that little cog that broke down. But he didn't break down through stress. He held everything up. He disrupted things. He spoke through scenes that were I'm... being recorded. And he was getting in the way of everyone else. Take his hero, Steven Spielberg. Yes. There are people who still hate Spielberg because he did AI and took it away from Stanley Kubrick. He gets negative comments to this day. And Dawson can't take one bit of bloody criticism. I mean, hey, didn't uh, Spielberg do the fourth Indiana Jones film as well? Yes, he did. Which is, you know, a mortal sin. I try to blame George Lucas for that, but... I mean, it's just so much more fashionable to blame George Lucas, but yes. Yeah. <sighs> Alien... No. Fucking Indiana Jones film. I am more annoyed about uh, Shia LaBeouf fine swinging with monkeys. I'd still rather be watching that. Uh, okay, so what about the Death Circle of Ants? Oh. Maybe not. The... Okay, moving on. Moving on. So... 
How yeah. does this wrap up? Dawson gets the girl. Yeah, so he doesn't really apologise. Joey is working at the place, and the new hire, so Andy's brother, says first fight, and then they have a conversation, and he says, well, you know, that means you can get the first makeup as well, which is okay. So he gets to lock up, this is his first day on the job, mind, and she stalks out into the wilds to find Dawson. He ap- I want to say he apologises to her, but considering it was, and I know I did wrong, I'm really sorry, however, I need you to believe in me. And then he ditches her again. Yes, so they make out, so everything's up, and then he goes off to find Pacey, who he has previously longed, but we'll get to that later. So, just one quick thing to hammer home the... In fact, I'll do that later as well. Yeah, because that's important in our next set of storylines, which is Jen. Yeah. Now, Jen isn't in a better place than she was before. In fact, she may be even worse. She's showing signs of clinical depression. She doesn't want to get up, she's feeling numb about stuff. It's not good. Her grandma's really cute, though, like singing church hymns and opening the curtains. I mean, I would try getting Jen into a psychiatrist, but... Yeah. Like, for what she's doing, like, she's doing her best. In all fairness, I think half of that town can go to a psychiatrist. But this is... I I quite like the storyline because it brings us back to Amy. Now, Amy, you may remember from the Breakfast Club episode. She was also the one who spread all the rumors about... Joey being pregnant when Joey asks her to. Yeah, she's a lot of fun. Yeah. So, so I'm not sure how, but Jen finds her in the middle of class. It's their PE class and they've both played hooky. So Jen starts telling stories about New York and her ex-boyfriends and Amy is really impressed. She wants to move to New York after she's finished school. So she likes hearing Jen's stories. So at one point she mentions that she was dating the bouncers of the club. Now, I, I'm not a bouncer of the club, but I'm pretty sure there's age restrictions for that, and she would have been, what, 15 at the time? I'm going to assume she was 15, and he was at least 21. Yeah. Considering so... you can't drink before 21 in America. I forgot about that. So that's worrying. Yeah, but she does mention that she was dating older guys, and, well, sleeping with older guys. Right. I... We're seeing a little bit more of the her background, but it's being painted in a positive light again, which is... Part of my problem because we've still not adequately addressed her, you know, background. Yeah, Hell, she had a boyfriend drive down from New York who was at least four years older than him. Yeah. One he could drive, two he wasn't in school. Well, um, didn't we find out that the driving age of in, in Boston is fifteen and a half? I can't promise that that's the same in New York, even though it's pretty close. This is true. So, um, probably well, Amy... seventeen. Yeah, Amy and Jen. Starts drinking together. Uh, because Pacey is throwing a party and they decide to go. Yeah. So they drink a little bit too much. Uh, Jen is visibly drunk. She's stumbling everywhere. She's slurring her words. Amy makes a bet with her that she will give her the rest of the bottle if Jen kisses the next guy who comes along. Now, Amy knows that this is Dawson. And sure enough, Dawson turns up and Jen throws herself at him. Wraps her arms around his head and then plants his one full on the lips. Now, it's important to note that Dawson immediately pushed her away. Yep. He didn't talk to her, he just walked away. Well, How... he said, no, what are you doing? What, what, what? And then just kind of stunned off. It is also equally important to note he didn't tell Jerry about this. Yes. So, it, I mean, it's nothing, it's not really his fault, but he really shouldn't be hiding it either. Yeah. Because that news is going to get to Jerry. And, oh boy. Is she going to be angry? And it's definitely going to get to Joey because 
So we now have a plot for the season for Jen, something she'll be working towards and which will be probably the final character moment. She seems to have gone off the deep end because now she is full-blown in love with Dawson, the person who she broke up with and then started dating someone else and then broke up with him. Um, so, but no, she's in love, she wants him back. She might be a little drunk, but, well, she's very drunk. But this is what she's confessing to Amy. And Amy then says, okay, we'll get him back for you. Yeah, I there is a bit slightly earlier on the episode that I love where um, Jen professes her love for Dawson Leary. Mm-hmm. And Amy looks over the edge at Dawson and just says, why? <laughs> but, I mean, she just does. And I'm really not happy that this is going to be in storyline. I have no interest. Give Jen anyone else except Pacey. Just find her someone else that she can be messing around with. Give us the skipping school story with Amy. Like, anything other than just chasing Dawson there. Because, let's face it, Dawson is a two-dimensional character. He doesn't have anything going for him. No. Like, this is, I think, why he was so insulted about the filmmaking thing. Because... That's it. That's it. But even the filmmaking. When was the last time we saw him do any filmmaking? Was it the sex tape? Does that count? That's the last time he used the camera. That's the last time he used the camera. Well, no, technically he videoed the birth. Oh. Wow, that's a bad thing to end on. So, moving on. Dawson's parents are also still getting their own storylines. It's a bit odd. So, Mitch goes to one of his longtime friends, apparently, who works in... The Bay? Yeah, doing something, which means that he can have a Be- ice bucket with beers in it, like, next to him. Yeah, and a dog. Yeah. And he talks to Mitch about the possibilities of talking to his wife about an open marriage. So this is a really weird thing, because both Mitch and his wife are asking advice. He goes to his old friend, his wife asks Jen's Jen's grandma, and... There's a very weird conversation with Mitch. I mean, the grandma basically says, you know, you should try everything you can, like that sort of stuff. The mom says, you know, I've gone through all the pleasure pleasers at Victoria's Secret. My lingerie cupboard is full. And the grandmother says, well, I, I just meant, like, you redoing know. your wedding vows or something like that, which is kind of cute. But with Mitch, he's just talking when he's saying that he feels that his wife wouldn't even care if he had an affair, because at least that would balance things. And then somehow that got to his buddy advocating that he asked for an open marriage and that it was the right thing to do. And I think saying that it worked for Liam Neeson. Weirdly, I'm just noticing that I don't think there's anyone for him to have an affair with. And that the only other woman about his wife's age that we know is the teacher who left. I don't think I've seen another middle-aged woman on this show. Presumably he could find one. Oh, I'm sure he could find one. But but Pacey's mum, nowhere to be seen. Jerry's mum's obviously gone. Jen's mum's in New York. It is just his wife and that teacher in this town. If you're polyamorous and you want an open relationship, that's fine. There are any number of reasons to open a marriage. And if you talk it out with the other person and come to a mutual decision, well, that's fine and good for you. This just seems... Oh. Un- is there any reason, like, anything up to now that suggests that he wants to sleep with someone else? No, he doesn't want to sleep with her, but he also doesn't want to leave her. Right. That's the only thing I got from him. I didn't get he wants to go around sleeping with people. I don't get what he gets from an open marriage, because all that does is legitimise her behaviour if she goes back to Bob. Like, it's a very, 
fairly strange thing. I don't but see how it... There's a difference between having a relationship with Bob, which is what she had, and sleeping with Bob. I mean, again, I, I believe that open relationships can take like a number of things. Like, if you went for full polygamy, then you could date multiple people at the same time. I Like, this is the thing, it's not recommended as far as I'm aware, because there's a lot of things that can go wrong, and it could just potentially end in trouble. But what rules there are have to be very carefully defined yes. between the two parties. And even if it's just, okay, you can have a bunch of one-night stands, I don't see how that will in any way help the relationship. It, it doesn't. It might. Like, this is a, I guess, potentially interesting situation, but I don't see how it in any way actually helps them. No, it pushes the storyline forward a bit, I guess. But it's, it's, in a, it's not a logical... No, thing. no, it's come out of nowhere. Also, have they tried couples therapy? Honestly, there's not a psychologist in the island. I don't think there's a therapist either. Yeah. So their storyline basically ends with him asking for the open marriage, and we don't really get an answer. She just looks surprised, and we cut away. I mean, not. Mitch seems like a great guy, but if she wanted to sleep with someone else, how long do you think it would take her to find someone else? And like, if she then slept with someone else, because. Mm. If it's an open marriage, it can't just be, I want to be able to go and have sex with other people. Yeah. She would have to be able to do that as well. And how do you think he'll feel the second that she does? I, I mean, look. is that... He is nearly he... killed the last one. He might have killed the last one. Yeah. We've not seen him. We've not heard him on the news or anything like that. Also, if you want to talk proper filmmaking, Dawson, moments before discovering his mum was having an affair, was the last time we saw him do proper filmmaking. Okay, there we go. That will scar you. That's he was doing what he loved when he discovered that his mother was having the affair, and he's never done it since. What? Going to go get a coke? <laughs> yes. Oh, by the way, the reason I'm saying that is Coke sponsored hugely for Dawson's Creek. We'll um, hit on it in later episodes because it gets more blatant. But there's a lot of diet coke being drunk in this. You say it's more blatant as if you've seen it. Is something you've not told me? I've not seen it, but we might have a surprise later, so Ooh. we'll let you know. So yes, that's that storyline basically wrapped up. There wasn't much to it. Moving on to the actual story of this episode. Ah. Yet again, Pacey's left to hold the reins and carry this show on his shoulders. So we open, not the show, but on the storyline, with Pacey failing his driving test. He really wants it, he's desperate for it, but he fails by only one mark. So he goes up to the examiner and says, please, can I, like, pass, please? Like, what do I have to do? It's it's my birthday. I want to be able to drive. And she says, no. Basically, she says, happy birthday, and then walks away. Yeah, so this is where I get confused. Because if this is his 16th birthday, he's acting as if he's taken this test multiple times. And failed multiple times. Which means, at the age of 15, he was taking his driving test. Well, if it's... You said... 16 well, and a half, you're not, you're not allowed a license until you're 16 and a half, and you've had to have your provisional license for six months before that. 16 and a half? 16 and a half. Like, no idea. Yeah. I guess it's just a bad plot point, but it's odd. So, and when you were watching that thing, did you not get the idea that he was lying about his birthday? I did. I thought that he just brought up the birthday thing to go, hey, it's my birthday, yeah. you know, give it to me. Yeah, but apparently it actually is. Yeah, no, and everyone has forgotten. Everyone. Yeah. Well, we already know he hasn't got a good relationship with his family. Uh-huh. So they were never going to throw a party. 
but apparently it's a tradition that Dawson does something crazy on his birthday every year. Yeah, he takes him somewhere. Like, Dawson is the one who remembers it. And when we first see Dawson, he has read in Joey's diary that he's a bad filmmaker, but he hasn't confronted him about it. So he keeps saying, oh yeah, this was done. Now, Pacey brings up that he's failed his driving test, but Dawson just kind of plows over it. Yeah. And this is bad because as his 16th birthday, they were going to take a trip to Maine. Yeah, because of the wild adventures that you have in Maine. Works with Demon King. Yeah, demon clowns and dogs, but no fun, as far as I'm aware. Although you can run away from trains, so... But, finally, someone calls out Dawson on his bullshit. Finally, Pacey's had enough. This is a bit later. Is it? I thought it was during this speech. Oh no, it's a bit later when Dawson comes up to him again. So at this point, he's decided, screw it, if everyone else is going to ignore me, I'm going to make this day my own. So he decides to have a party. He's putting up flyers for the party yep. when Dawson pops up again and starts badgering him about how everything is going wrong with him and Joey. Yeah, him and Joey had another fight at her work, and he stormed off yet again. And he's trying to talk to Pacey, who's just not interested in the slightest, but he won't take a hint. And finally, Pacey snaps, and he lets loose with the tirades of the century. <clears throat> Nobody cares. Your life isn't that interesting. I am so sick and tired of hearing about your and Joey's little mini-dramas. I'm going to start ripping my fingernails out for relief. Get over yourself, Dawson. Beautiful. We clapped. We applauded. Yeah, but that is how we've been feeling for a season and a half. Like, season two episodes. It was great. <sighs> Just the feeling of relief was amazing. Someone's finally realised that we don't care about Dawson. Yep. We just want Pacey. So, while this has been happening, Andy has been spending more time with Pacey. Well, I wouldn't say more time. She, she ran into her while putting up flyers. She decided to come along, and well, he tried... meets her at the party, and yeah. Yeah, he tried to buy her at first, so still having that little back and forth. She's a rich person living in the rich area of town. Those people aren't welcome at his party. But she comes anyway, and she tries to mingle, but she says she's uncomfortable in crowds. Well, she doesn't try and mingle. She hangs around with him because she says that you know, being around people gives her anxiety. He asks, aren't you anxious about me? And she says, no, I'm just mad at you if that blocks us out. Yeah, it's really sweet. It's, it's it's really nice to see them bounce off each other. Like, it is good banter. Yeah. So she tries to get him to mingle with people because obviously he's not doing it either. But he kind of doesn't so he just is kind of a ghost at his own party, really. Yeah, which really sucks. And that's the party where Jen gets drunk and tries to kiss Dawson. Yes. So the party ends, well, it's mostly wrapped up, and Pacey is sat on the pier, feet dangling in the water, looking really upset. When Andy comes over, and is the only person in this entire town to have brought him a birthday present. It's a magic eight ball. She said that she bought it for her brother, and just forgot to give it to him, but come on. Yeah, well, she says she bought it for him at Christmas, and forgot to give him. And if she's still carrying it around... Wait, wait. Does that mean that Christmas was recently? I, that's what I'm thinking, because she's still carrying it around in the handbag. Did, did we miss Is this a new year? Apparently. Ah! So, yeah. Um, yeah, they play with the Magic 8 Ball a bit. He asks her some questions. He gives it to her, who instantly drops it in the lake. Or the river. Creek. Creek. It's, it's only in the title, Michael. So, yeah, they have some more back and forth. It's not flirty yet, but it looks like it's heading that way. Yeah, it's kind of nice. Yeah. Also, she was wearing a stunning 
orange bikini. Yeah, bikini top with the skirt thing. It was really nice. Yeah, she was really well dressed. And there was someone else there. Did you notice the person was wearing a green bikini top with a green skirt? I did not. It was a really nice combo. It looked really good. Oh, cool. Fashion corner. Well, it was nice to see them coordinating. There was some effort put in there. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think she was the girl who was just randomly pouring out her liquid. Yeah. The show seems to think they're in Miami, because a beach party, everyone in bikinis and going around in speedboats. I Wait, still... in December or January? That's or what I'm saying. Like, it must have been freezing. This is not a new... What? Right, time. Fuck. Yeah. Um, so everyone goes away, Andy heads home, and Paisley is left picking up the trash. However, Dawson, having realised that he's been a dick to Pacey, comes and he helps him out. And they talk about um, how the relationship with Joey is meaning that he has to spend more time away from Pacey. But that doesn't necessarily mean that they're not best friends. And then, weirdly, Dawson offers to steal his dad's car and drive to Maine anyway. In the middle of the night. Which means Dawson can drive? Or well, maybe just... he knows that Pacey can drive and Pacey can only drive. I don't know, this it, just seems a bad idea. Yeah, it's just no one checking driving licenses in 1990s America. It's really weird. But the episode ends with them driving away on Dawson's speedboat, which he still has, by the way. He didn't rent that. He owns that speedboat. Pisses me off. And yeah, that's the end of the episode. Yeah. So overall, there is a couple of messes that I've not a fan of this episode, but it was a lot better than the last one. There was also some interesting looks into characters' past. So we've talked about how Jen was abused when she was a kid. Mm-hmm. Another teenagers, and that led to her spiral. Yeah. Uh, we know that possibly Pacey's not well off for his family, mm. but he had a second argument with Dawson about how Dawson doesn't know everything about him, where he says, oh, so, do you know why I have that scar on my cheek? Do you know why my father hates me? Stuff like that. And then rounded off with... Do you know why I got these scars? Ha. And then rounds that off with, I bet you don't even know when, when I was born. And that's when Dawson realises. But, so, Pacey's scarred? Yeah, I've never noticed he had a scar on his cheek, but... It's his butt cheek. Oh! Really? Yeah. Did he say that? Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Why would Dawson know why he had a scar on his butt cheek? I think it was just to believe it. But that kind of raises more questions about yeah. his own life. That's not good. No. That's that's the belt. Well, at best. Yeah. So. So that but he Pacey says that he hasn't really changed in the last well, since we've met him, basically. But he seems to have changed more than anyone else. That's because they're lighting him differently. That's not because they're changing him. No, like, but he's not as creepy. He's not, like, well, he still is hitting on girls, but it's weird. But yeah, better episode today than we've had for a while. Do you uh, have... I don't know, though, because Dawson is just so infuriating and everyone still treats him like he's perfect. Like, he didn't actually apologize. He gave a few half apologies saying, yes, I know this is bad. I solemnly swear this is bad. But let's go back to my issue. If you actually knew it was bad, then you would be forgetting about your issue, which is the way you would have solved that argument. Exactly. Like, I mean, at that point, if you need something negative about yourself in someone else's diary, that is the cost you take. Yeah. You then don't use this to bludgeon them with. And Joey's answer to that, by the way, was, I do like you, but this is where I vent. 
this book is how I vent about life. So it's just how I was feeling in that moment. Because apparently she felt like she needed to explain herself to him. Yeah. It's really weird. But we digress. I think we need a new rule on characters for the week. For season one, I put a rule on Joey not being the best character of the week. It looks like we need to add Andy to that list. But he will be it for today because there is no other contenders. Andy was so cute. Yeah. Him. Oh, it's so good. I really so nice. liked her brother as well. But I didn't like him sending Joey to back to Dawson's arms. Yeah. I don't know. He just. I don't like that he stuck his head in when he didn't really know what was going on. No. So I think Andy is just clearly both the characters of the week. However, yeah. I'm hoping that we get some more fun side characters next week because they seem to have gone away. Yeah. Okay. And I think that about wraps it up for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. I've been Michael Francis. I was Alex McCall. And this has been the Without a Paddle podcast. We'll see you further down the creek. I'm sorry. This has been a Tavern Entertainment production. The music was provided by Lena Tatonen. The logo was by Rebecca Newman. Feel free to follow us on Twitter at Tavernent, and thank you so much for listening.